Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We, we are thrilled, thrilled to death, death that you, you are listening, listening to our, our show, 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 show. That was pretty. That wasn't bad. Hey, <laughs> legitimately, we're gonna have a really good time tonight because we have. Was that through your new Ibanez uh, AD9? Well, thanks for blowing my thing, man. I guess I'll have to save that for later and pretend it didn't happen. No, you can still use it. All right, I will. you have permission. So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a a guest on who it's going to be really tough to get a word in. I know it. He's a very impulsive, energetic character. <laughs> this is. Who are you, guest? Hey, guys. I'm Miguel from Stax Effects. Okay, calm down. Calm down. Calm all right, down. all right, all right. <laughs> Too many words. <laughs> uh, yes, that's Miguel from Stax Effects. Uh, if you follow our Instagram, if you don't follow our Instagram, I mean, what the crap? Let's just, come on, guys, throw us a little bone and just follow us so that we can look like we have some sort of a life out there in the social world. We've been doing it for, you know, seven years or whatever it is. 800 now. years. It's 22 years. And we've, and we've like plateaued like a year ago. I'm like, what? How's that possible? Cause we still keep growing in numbers for I the think, podcast. I don't I th- get it. I think stupid this, algorithm. Maybe the same people are following us. No, no. No, they're just, I don't know, whatever. All, all I'm trying to say is... Could you just you follow will, us? Yes, Could you just follow us? Just If everybody just Good. does that. If everybody just sends us one penny. Yeah, no, like, I don't even want a penny. <laughs> don't know, we just need a little click. But you will have seen the uh, opening, the package opening that I like to do. <gasps> I on did Instagram see that. Of the Stax FX pedal that is sitting right before us. It is absolutely gorgeous. You are going to want to pay attention to this one, and you're going to want to go get one of these. I, I promise you. Buy two. Two of them, yes. <laughs> then you can do stereo. Yeah. Uh, or stack them. Yeah, or stack them. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're going to get on with this. Before we do, where can people find the things that you do, Miguel? Everything I have available is on stackseffects.com. It is only available there. Okay, so you're not selling them on Instagram. No, but I do have a link to my site from. Okay, uh, yeah, the, the shop, buyer. the Instagram shop is a little tricky to, to 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 do. I but and some people just I'm like, no, I don't want it to go there. I just want to sell off my thing. It's fine. Yeah. Um, great. So go check out Instagram. Um, he's got some great demos up there uh, that he's put up recently, specifically for the said pedal we're going to dive into shortly. Um, and without further ado, we're going to get into what's been going on in our music world this week. We're going to start off with the lovely, mm-hmm. insatiable, mm-hmm. baggy t-shirted mm-hmm. behemoth of the Midwest, I can, Tanya Bolanski. I will agree with all of this. <laughs> What's going on in your music world this week? <laughs> well, Todd, um, I'm getting ready for a trip out west. Uh, my daughter's getting married in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. And uh, so gotta I... Got to go to Solvain. Got to get the pastries. I, <laughs> I, I know about the pastries. I, I know. I've got it. Don't marked. mess it up. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mapping out some, uh, some guitar shop visits. Ooh. I had hoped that I was going to be able to get in in time to uh, Ernie Ball Music Man 
who is based, they're based out of uh, mm-hmm. San Luis Obispo, but I just, my, my schedule's all mixed up. Yeah. Um, and then on the way home, we're going to stop in Denver and there's a couple of shops that I like to go to in Denver. Um, nice. and, um, and then, and then come home. Okay. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's um, all that for planning. I'm, I'm actually leaving in a couple of days. So, you know, I'm, that's very exciting. Like, I'm going to be, uh, I'm always sad when Tony leaves cause then I have to scramble and figure out what to do. And our good friend Jared was just up this week. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He stopped by yesterday to uh, pick up his Les Paul telephone. He finally got his his <laughs> guitar phone. But <laughs> I've been asking for that for years. So, so Jared hasn't bothered to get it. Jared says these things are going for a million dollars, and I said, okay, let me check it out. So I went on to eBay. Thirty nine ninety nine. I well, the guy wanted forty nine ninety nine plus shipping. And I, you know, was or make best offer. So I offered him forty bucks for it. Did you get it? I got it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's fantastic. So we'll put it back up. Yeah, here. we'll put it back up. You could have just shipped that one to Jared, and then, yeah. then you would have saved the gas. I think money. mine's in better shape, and it has the original box with oh, it. What? Yeah, That's for forty fantastic. bucks. Uh, offer him, offer it to him for half a mil. Yeah, there you go. So, so take that, Jared. (laughs) Oh boy, Jared. So that was my music world this week. Yes, we were lucky enough to have him. It's tricky to get a hold of our our good buddy Jared. Uh, I think uh, Gibson's got him very, very busy um, because I think his deck is done. And um, yeah, so we don't have to talk about that anymore. Yeah, no more, no more deck talk. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Uh, anyhow, um, so that's really cool. Go check out some shops and yeah. stuff. Make some friends. Say hi. Yeah. Yada yada. Pick yeah. up a couple things, maybe. <laughs> My wife is with me, so <laughs> to make her carry them. Oh, perfect oh, idea. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She can pull the wagon behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Miguel, let's uh, check out what what are you up to in your guitar week this week? Besides, if you can, if you can, besides building pedals. Yeah, well, besides the building of the pedals, uh, uh, I do, um, we've been working on uh, this album we've been trying to finish recently with my band, so... That can always be a, you know, a, something that turns out to be way longer than you kind of initially anticipated, especially when you're tracking everything yourself. So mm-hmm. we've been trying to, you know, wrap it up, get it finished so we could release it. And yeah, it's just a lot of things trying to trying to come together. Yeah, excellent. It's uh, where are you at in the process? Currently, we're kind of starting to mix, but realizing we need a few more things. So we're kind of in that stage where we're going to add like a couple more things just to like, I don't know, sprinkle in here and there and then really get to mixing and then uh, hopefully finish quickly. But, you know, it's uh, we're doing it ourselves. So that always takes longer because it's like becomes your passion project and, you know, yeah, it's never really perfect. It's never finished. Yeah, you, know, you just gotta like cut it loose at some point and be like, okay, this is this is this is good. Do you enjoy recording more than playing live, or is it even? It's probably about even because I um, the only thing I really went to school for was audio engineering. So I oh. kind of. Uh, I love, uh, you know, just getting sounds, trying new stuff. That's, uh, I enjoy that just as much as, 
you know, building pedals. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I love playing live. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's, um, you know, you got good shows and bad shows, but I feel like the studio is more of what you can make of it. Sure, sure. Now, are you, you're the de facto... Does everybody ask you? Does it people do? Do you are you like at the control of everything? Um. Well, when it comes to like the equipment, like I'll, uh, I'll of course like I'll run like the Pro Tools rig and uh, I'll set up the mics and get the sounds. But we all, you know, we all give our input. It's a very, uh, it's very much a four way production. We have four members. And uh, everyone, you know, has their input. Our, our drummer Ryan, actually, he's uh, probably the one that produces the most out of all of us. And uh, like when it comes to us writing our music, mm-hmm. so he normally has a lot of input. When I'm mixing, he'll usually want to be here and kind of, um, you know, give his opinion what we should try, this and that. And um, of course, it's great because if I just worked on it myself, it's just like. You know, yeah, it sounds, it sounds good, but it's nice to have someone, uh, you know, give their opinion on maybe it actually sounds like crap and you're told, <laughs> or maybe it is good. Yeah. You know, and you need to stop like searching for sound so much. Like this is it. Like, let's just track it. Do um, you have a, um, uh, like, do you set up your rig in the studio differently then you do then you play live are you like uh you know got all the amps and you know which ones sound good in the studio but they sit there different live or, or is it one one to one actually no i use the exact same rig in here as i do live well when we when we track i might try you know a, a different amp here or there depending on what we're going for but usually it's always the same amp this like a uh, deluxe style amp i built a while back ago and, uh, the when you say board. deluxe style, you mean deluxe reverb style, or is it like it's just a really yeah. cool thing that you made? <laughs> it's deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a deluxe reverb style, but I made some changes, and uh, I actually called it a taco deluxe. <laughs> oh. Man, yeah, honestly, that's like one of those names. If you put that out there, you you would never stop. You'd never have to work another day in your life. You well, I mean, you would. You'd have to build them all. But <laughs> what I mean is, everybody would buy it. Well, see, but if Taco you, Deluxe, are you kidding me? I'd buy that just to have an amp called the Taco Deluxe, man. But you know, if you called it the Taco Supreme, you could at least get a cease and desist from Taco Bell. That's true. <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. true. Oh, Those man. are fun to post on the wall. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it go them. viral. <laughs> well. Yeah, if, uh, is that something that people can buy from you? Well, um, yeah, actually. Um, As of now? No. Is that, <laughs> well, now that you mention it. Uh, yeah, I sure. Don't, I don't, well, I don't, I don't build them to sell them. It's more like, uh, like a custom order thing. Uh-huh. Oh. Like, um, Labor of love. Filled to order. Yeah, like if someone really wants an amp, they'll approach me, and usually I can tell if they're serious or not. And then we'll go into, well, what do you like? Like, what what, what are the sounds that you're imagining? Like, well, who are the players you like if they don't really know? You're like the Rick Rubin like of models. pedal building and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the fact that I play all the stuff and use it live kind of uh, helps me 
get a better perspective. And I mean, I've been playing music for so long and with so many people, like, and everyone is just so specific or can be very specific when it comes Mm -hmm. to their sound or their gear, even if they don't know your specifics, like they're very specific of their tone. Like, you know, they, they like throw out names, like, you know, I want to sound like this person or this person. Right. And you can kind of get a good idea of just by what they tell you. Yeah, I can dig it. Are you sitting cross-legged? <laughs> no, no. <actually. laughs> I'm just checking, just trying to get the you know because I'm. <laughs> it's impossible not to see to have, to have when you're when you're talking about that to not envision Rick Rubin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, oh my God. yes. Uh, okay, so that's cool. I love hearing the studio stories and stuff like that um it's it's one of those things that if you are making music of any kind if you're playing guitar and you're like geez i really want to go record this someday um it can be an incredibly daunting and exciting thing but it's i I think what i found is that it's one of those things where the more you do it the more questions you ask um, right as opposed to asking all the questions up front because it's just sort of like this is such a completely alien new thing and i just better keep my mouth shut and play you know (laughs) not everybody feels like that of course but i mean i i kind of did but uh now i just ask too many questions and john hates me no john doesn't hate (laughs) me but well i'm i'm someone that asks a lot of questions myself so i you know i i understand where you're coming from it's Mm -hmm. you know as you do something more and more you you kind of see more you things you, you see more specifics and things and yeah that brings more questions you know, i so. you know i'm going to touch on this really quick that what i've found is if i'm working with somebody on like a uh, like asking for a pedal or working on a pedal or or saying trying to figure out how to do something that isn't particularly my thing, or I'm working with somebody who needs my services that isn't particularly their thing. I think you tend to get the most helpful questions out of that because people in that position typically don't know how to solve it, which is, Usually the when you have are working with somebody who kind of knows what they're doing, they try to solve things and try to get to the same conclusion that you might be able to get to already and it's really easy and you're like, yeah, 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 no, I already tried that. No, 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 that's not going to work because blah, 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 blah. But when people ask questions in different ways, um, like for instance, I, I don't know, I don't understand the, I guess some of the more specifics about uh as far as like you know sound waves and what some of the some of the uh, mechanics the, the audio mechanics go into it right right i can clearly talk about it really great but <laughs> i have ideas about stuff so mm-hmm. when we're uh, we've been working on a couple things uh me and my my partner at at flint uh and i say okay i have an idea and i want this to sound like um not like not tight distortion like a comb like a like a a men's comb but like a like a woman's shampoo comb and he's like oh my gosh i know exactly what you're saying (laughs) because i I don't know 
I'm just trying to say, like, I want the distortion, like, a more spread out than tight and, and hairy, you know? Right. And um, it might be because if I, if I don't know how to solve it, I, I, can, I can ask questions in different ways. And I appreciate that when people are asking that of, of things that I know how to do um, in my daily professional life. Um, I just think it's a curious thing. You don't have to know everything. You can still ask great questions. And in fact, your outcome might be even more fantastic than if you had a bunch of people just... At, here's a good example. Can I throw another one? Do you, will you indulge me, Miguel? Yeah, yeah, please. All right. I was just walking through somebody, a video uh, that I worked on with my good friend, uh, Mark, uh, who did the sound for it. Um mm -hmm. And who I might, I'll probably be mentioning here shortly, but um, uh, Mark Dicenzo was he was the one who figured out our in, our podcast rig before Road came up with it essentially, and uh, he's a is a fantastic music engineer. He was working on this video for me for a client in California, and we were uh, it was a it was like a food video for a, a very famous pizza organization. And Delicious. we we had all these all these pros like the whole room was filled with like people who shoot film all day long, and I was trying to get this idea of like when you when you turn on the the flame, I wanted to see like the the like the blues and the greens and the reds and everything and almost have it like crackle you know just like some sort of cue of like. Not only is the fire on, but imagination is on. And they all looked at me like, mm. oh, great. We got to work with this guy, right? <laughs> I mean, because they're like, you, that's not going to happen. I'm like, what do you mean it's not going to happen? They're like, well, we're going to show you. Turn on the lights, do other things, shoot the stuff. See, you can't see it. I'm like, well, turn off the lights. But then we can't really see the thing. Well, then, you know, like, put a little bit of light on it. Don't light the whole fire. Anyways, we went back and forth. And I wasn't giving up because this was a really key shot. And we finally got it to do the, the flame that I wanted. And I'm like, I need a little something. They're like, that's, we can do that in post. I'm like, we're not going to do that in post. There's got to be a way to do that. There isn't a way. We're wasting time. We need to get moving. Producer comes over. He's like, dude, I know what you're trying to do. But like, these guys are like, we're burning hours. I'm like, we can do it. And I said, do you have any salt? And the chef over there was like, uh, yeah, here's some salt. So I said, light, light the flame. So or they, I said, roll it, hit, hit the turn it on, and I sprinkled salt way above. And guess uh -huh. what? It all crackled and went, and I was like, that's imagination. Bang. Shoot Ooh. it, print, <laughs> cut, all the things. Nice. But it's because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not the one be, who's, who's operating all the equipment. <clears throat> and, and all of them said that that was not doable. But yeah. enough about me. What do you think about me? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, no. I'm just trying to... I thought this was Miguel's podcast. I'm trying to relate. Not, I'm not trying to... I hope no, that no. doesn't come out and sound as narcissistic. No. That's not my point. I was just... We were, I, was, I was agreeing with him about the point of um, when you're asking questions, sometimes like you can get answers that... Or you can get to things that you might not have thought of if you think you know everything. Ah. Right? You're blocked. 
So my point, sorry, if that came off like, as Tony said, is my, I truly apologize. That wasn't my point. The point was, it was a good example of you don't have to know everything to still be able to ask great question, questions that can make things amazing happen. All right, go stand in the corner for 15 minutes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take that out? No, it okay. was fine. I don't want to say I'm just that. yanking your chain, all right, Todd. Well, yeah. I just, you, yeah, know, you know. All right. You know, Hopefully gosh. you guys get it. Okay. <laughs> Mr. I'm, Miguel, I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. No, no apologies. Okay, good. See, he doesn't That's want sorry. me to apologize. What All about right. you, Todd? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> All right. Well, this, uh, uh, this Do is actually it. really fun. Talk about this one. What? Talk about this. I'm going to talk about that later because I just dropped my friend Mark's name. Oh. What I got, I, I went over and hung, hung out with him. Oh. Uh, the other night. We, we do that often. And, and uh, he has got one of the hugest record collections I have ever seen. Vinyl? Yes. What kind of records do you think? Yeah. Like, oh, like Guinness Book of Records? There's like, Guinness Book of Records. There's uh, automotive records. <laughs> I there's so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> got the criminal records. I mean, I'm not really sure. Yes. This is, longest this is, rap sheet. Though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is um, it's, it's a vinyl. And we were talking about stuff. And, and, you know, we like to do things for each other. And he's he said, so tell me, you know, what are your top couple of records? And I said, well, actually, my, my daughter's just got me um, the real release of the Stone Roses. Oh, the Stone Roses. I love the Stone I Roses. Thought, I thought Clash would be I, at the top of I your I love list. the Stone Roses. And I wanted to get the original, like, first pressing theme. This is, like, crazy money. Uh, it's it's kind of silly money. Yeah. Um, which I yeah. would be tempted to spend. But um, he said, uh, okay, well, but he gave me these notes. From the uh, to the record store or to the to the pub publicity notes. Oh, it says Silvertone oh, Records, cool. the Stone Roses, and it's 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 copied. You know, oh, someone hand hand typed. It was hand typed, yeah, hand typed stuff. And it was basically like the release of like, so this is who they are, and this is why they're great, and this is what you can tell people who come in to want to buy it and stuff like that. And then there was like, and here's the accolades. They got the top 30 best-selling, stop the press, uh, readers' polls, all this like insider stuff. So I'm not sure if this was radio stuff or record store stuff. I'm not really sure, but yeah, um, he had it. He said, hang on, let me go. And he, and he gave it to me. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like I got a little piece of musical history yeah. here. That's yeah, kind of neat. That's awesome. It's really cool. How di like how it. different the music industry is today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all like yellow. There's like some grease stains where a sandwich probably was on at some point. Not too bad, but yeah. Anyways, I was just thrilled to death. I was really tickled by that. So thank you so much, Mark. Um, I love stuff like that. <sighs> Tony got me all self conscious now. Doggone it. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, hey, nobody of, digresses better than you, Todd. <laughs> That's true. That's true. In fact, I'm going to digress real quickly because I wanted to share something. Um, I know I know, this is your episode. Trust me. I, I understand that, Miguel. I'm really tempted to take that out now. No, just but, leave okay, it. Anyways. Um, You're fine. Okay, so this is from... Uh, Trevor Ellenberg. Trevor. He's one of our new executive producers. Yes, he is. Um, he says... 
Todd, I uh, I always ask people to join. Like, why did you join? Tell us about yourself. What kind of what kind of gear are you playing? Why doesn't he ever address? Well, I don't ever get addressed in this. I everything's Todd. 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 Well, Todd. It's, Todd. It's from my email. <laughs> I can put Todd and Tony if you like. Uh, and he says, "Hey, I have an hour long commute to work, so listening to the podcast has been my favorite way to make the long drives more manageable. Mm. I've become a patron to say that thanks for the many laughs and vast guitar." wisdom you have all shared i would say specifically tony you're uh, of a, 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 a throw me a bone todd no, that's throw not me a bone, a bone. <laughs> oh, you, you, all of my things i'm trying to be sincere about as for gear i'm a gibson guy at heart but i also have a good fender as well my main guitars are a 2017 les paul standard yeah. hp I'm hesitant to admit that I secretly don't hate the robot tuners. <laughs> mm. uh, and the 2016 Memphis ES-335. Yeah. For Fender, I have a matching Very set. Cool. Ooh, a matching set. You have my attention. Matching set of limited edition made in Mexico noir guitars from 2016. A Strat, a Tele, and a P-Bass. Noir. Whoa. Black. Yes, I know that. <laughs> I was just thinking if they weren't the um uh oh you know, the uh the real thin the thin ones the um oh, aerodyne yeah the aerodyne oh maybe oh yeah well, maybe are they black they are all black <laughs> oh that makes sense then <laughs> well it might be so Trevor uh tell us if if we're right. Um, it says, uh, they sound good as they look. I won't go through all the pedals, but, uh, if I had to pick four on the floor, hey, oh, hey, it would be, now I smell a segue, uh, exotic boost. <laughs> I never turn it on or I never turn it off. EP boost. <laughs> EP boost. What'd I say? You said exotic boost. Well, I was getting there. Exotic <laughs> EP boost. Yeah. I will, I, I will agree with them. Uh, I never that. turned it off and can't play without it. Honorable mention to the SP compressor as well. Now that would go against the grain of our good friend Zach from that would from Mythos. Mm -hmm. He does not like the idea of having an all on all the time. That's true. Uh, the Strymon mm -hmm. Sunset that is a really nice pedal. That is a nice pedal. Incredibly versatile overdrive. Uh, bonus points for MIDI. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I here's a weird thing about the Sunset and throw rocks if you want. Um, I should we should just sell a bag of uh, guitar knob rocks so people can throw them at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we'll we'll do the, that the, along the, with the tire that I'm going to take to the next guitar show for people to kick. <laughs> right, uh, our guitar the, shows end up with nothing but tire kickers. Yes, that is true. Uh, the Strymon Sunset to me almost sounded like too smooth. You think? I did. Huh. I, I when I played, I was like, it's it almost sounds like too perfect. Like mm. I didn't I didn't. It sounded great, but I needed a little maybe, bit more. Maybe too digital. A little too more. Yeah. To, no, it's too smooth. Well, it is, it is a DSP. Uh, not that that matters, but. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It just did. It, I needed a little bit more jagged edges on the teeth there. Okay. A little bit. Just a little mm. bit. Mm. Yeah, it's just me. Whatever. Um, but it sounded great. I was very impressed. Uh, the, the Murum Shanks ODS. Uh, one I pricey, know. I don't know, but that probably one. the best overdrive pedal I've ever played. That one is kind of like it's like a smoky gold black. Hmm. Uh, 
Okay. Pretty sure. Uh, he says 100% worth it. And mm-hmm. the Eventide H9 covers yeah. a lot of bases. Great for a small board if you still want a lot of options. For his Damn. amps, uh, his main amp is a Marshall uh, DLS. Sorry, DLS. DSL 40 CST. There's a lot of, that's an alphabet soup right there. And I also play through a Fender Superchamp X2 from time to time, which is an incredible little amp for the price point. Uh, favorite part of the show is probably finding out what's new in everyone's week. Oh. Well, you're going to love this show. <laughs> uh, hearing what everyone is playing and the gear you are trying inspires me to dive into new possibilities myself. I found out about the podcast from Tom Barazin. Whoa! Tom, Tom Barazin. Barazin. Who is one of my best friend's dad. Oh. Well, so Trevor is Trevor's either very young or Tom's very old. One of the two. <laughs> or some combination. Guess, yeah. I don't have many people to nerd out with uh, about guitar with, uh, guitar, gear with, nerd with gear with, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's always fun talking pedals with him, et cetera. Um, and that's really cool that he knows Tom. Yeah. Um, anyways. Are so they, fr- they must be from the same area, I guess. They must be. Okay. Listening to the podcast has gotten me through countless long commutes, so supporting you is the least I can do to say thank you for all the knowledge and entertainment I've received from the show. Thank you so much. Seeing new episodes come out is always a highlight of my week. Well, I mean, can you make us feel any better? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. For, you, for sending that out. Do you think he follows us? He might. I don't know. I got to look. <laughs> Tre- <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of segues. <laughs> no, no, two are here. <laughs> what you're trying to do is say, let me get some of those tour gear designs patch cables. Let me get some of those tour gear design patch cables. There you go. That's that's the gusto <laughs> we need. Uh, hey, you know, Miguel, are you familiar with tour gear design patch cables? I am not. Oh, your Ooh, life is man. we're gonna change your life. Right your now. life is changing as oh, we speak. Oh my gosh. So Tell tour me. gear designs patch cables. They are thin, f- flat, like a crepe, flat, mm-hmm. and they the the neatest thing about them is the 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 actual like plug. diameter, yes. the, the plug itself is almost the exact same size as like the washer that goes around the yeah. that goes under the nut. I mean, it is it's such a a small footprint, which is very very helpful if you're doing a bunch of top mount jacks with the uh, uh, the power yep. supply and everything in there. Yeah, and uh, they do S shapes and C shapes, and soon the W shape. Right, Sony says. So, say you got a, an Ibanez, an old Ibanez pedal. Yeah, and you have one of these delicious uh, Stax effects pedals. So well, you're top. gonna you're gonna want an S shape pedal. Yeah, or S shape cable. To, Can you explain to make how that, that would go. work? It goes one inside and goes in the other. Okay. All right. So head over to tourgeardesigns.com.com.com uh, dot com dot com and Load up your cart. They're crazy affordable, and they durable. Come in tons of links and people. I cannot yes. more highly recommend these things. When you get them in your cart, you're going to want to put the guitar knobs and save yourself ten percent on your entire order. Yep. Okay. Yep. Thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Tony. Let me get a little bit of Wow. What? Two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Miguel from Stacks Effects. Give us, give us your four on the floor. 
<laughs> All right. So my four on the floor is uh, my favorite one actually is actually a, just a boss delay. It's a DD6, but I um, it has this warp function on it. It's only on the 6 and on the DD8, and I only use that function on that pedal. So you can like push it down, and it'll just have like this, I want to say infinite, feedback but it's not really it's kind of tamed down so you could do like volume swells and hold them with it hmm. and it's it's really cool that's mainly what i use it for and then if you, you don't use it for the delay <laughs> yeah oh okay well, i'm just, it, it's, <laughs> just it's, checking no while it's on it, it it you know while it's on it's doing the delay thing but when you push and hold the foot switch got it, it okay does that all right function and then um the second pedal is actually one I kind of recently got, but it's the Chase Bliss, Chase Bliss, Chase Bliss uh, Generation Loss. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That thing is really cool. It's like, uh, it's sort of a well. Its main thing is it mo it uh, mimics tape, like sounds. Mm -hmm. So like it'll do just like cool like warbly kind of tape sounds. It could do like a crinkly thing. It has like a damage control so you could turn it up and it has like pauses where it kind of cuts out or introduces noise. But um, you, it also has a second foot switch, which if you press it down, it kind of does like this like, uh, well, it has different, these pedals are nuts, right? They do a yeah. bunch of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I mainly use it for is uh, just some like kind of vibrato. But then I have the second foot switch to uh, program to when you hit it. It kind of does like a downward slide of the pitch. Oh, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, like real slow. And then when you hit it again, it brings it up at the same rate. It's really cool. Kind of like a penny whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick your guitar through a penny whistle and that's what it's doing. Yeah. Now, does that exactly. one have a, uh, uh, an option to put a, uh, a uh, expression pedal into it? It does. It's like... Uh, it's got an expression input, and then it has like these little toggles up at the top of the pedal, mm -hmm. where you can select what you want to uh, use the expression with. So you can program the different parameters to the expression pedal. Don't forget and the then, dip switches. Yeah, yeah, those, <laughs> those dip switches, and then you can save it all as a preset. It's now that's pretty bananas. cool. Wow, and it pops popcorn. Yes, delicious, delicious popcorn. Man, it saves ice. What's number three? Number three is uh, pedaled by uh, this company called Dirty Haggard Audio. Mm -hmm. um, I believe They've been he's on the Portland. show. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great, super nice guy. Um, he has this pedal called the Arachnid. It's like uh, it's like his take on a Fender Blender. Like he kind of minimized the circuit just down to gain and mix. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, it's I love it. It's so good. It does like that. Thing where you turn your guitar volume down and it's not as fuzzy but the octave's still there like it's really cool it's so good i bought two of them just because i want i have two different settings for it on my board and uh yeah it's just a freaking great pedal. Yeah, it's a cool looking pedal too i mean like yeah it's hard yeah, to do it's in the world of skulls in rock and roll <laughs> it is difficult to make it look cool without it looking um fromage yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's German for cheese. Um, uh, yeah, it's we had that pedal in here. We played around with it and um yeah, it is a it's a fun one for sure. And he was a he was a good dude. Good to have on the show. If you if you're interested in that, Tony's gonna tell you in a second what episode that was. So you can go back and go directly and listen to it. 
Yeah, so that one's that one's really awesome. Um, like I said, I have two. One's a little more gained up than the other, but uh, they're they're both, you know, awesome. And it it replaced my uh, Octafuzz, which was uh, always cool, but this one just cuts so much more. It was just a no brainer. And then um, Todd, well, my, oh, yeah, oh, hang on. That wait, would wait, be, wait. This just in. This just in. Beep 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 beep. beep. Uh, that would be episode number one hundred seventy. Wow, that was a long time ago. That was uh, well. That actually was. Math. It was What's April. It was April thirtieth in twenty twenty. That's when it was. Uh, How many? That's one hundred and fifty ago. Close to that. One hundred fifty three. Over one hundred fifty. Is it? <laughs> Don't let me do your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be you'd be great in front of the IRS. <laughs> I failed algebra three times. <laughs> it's, 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 you do the math. That's funny. That's true. Oh dear. Um, out of curiosity, have you? Are you friends with uh, Dirty Haggard now, or? or do yeah, you, I, t- I mean, I I speak to him. Uh, well, um, on Instagram here and there. Cool. But um, yeah, his stuff's awesome. Definitely check it out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Onward and upward. Number four. For number four, the last one is, uh, it's actually uh, the super fuzz that Low Sounds makes. Ah, mm. yes. Brilliant. We pedal, got that man. pedal. Oh, I love that thing so much. That is a, that, that pedal is a big sounding pedal. Yes. Wow. But it's, it's got like the, the clarity that the original didn't, you know, it's, and, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It depends how, you know, you have it. Like, it's really cool. It does a lot. Well, as with, you know, most fuzzes and distortions and things, I mean, depending on where you have your guitar set, where you have your amp set, right. I mean, mm-hmm. it can sound, you know, completely different in, in every semester. around with your tone knob. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the fuzzes and octaves. Holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. You can yep. really get some crazy stuff out of there. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest sounding fuzz pedals I have. Yeah. Uh, great for bass too. Oh, nice! I haven't even tried it on bass. I don't know yeah, but I'm thinking you're gonna have to do that. Yeah, that's one that we uh, messed around with on bass. Uh, we were trying that one out, and uh, uh, we had, I think, because of the the second amp that we were using, it ended up almost a little too like um, boomy, mm-hmm. um, and we. Ended up, I think we ended up using um, the Doctor No Colossus to try to get a little bit more like squ- almost like a squeal because it's got a bit of an octave to it. So, mm-hmm. anyhow, uh, well, thank you for sharing your four on the floor and and shout out to Aisha Lowe, um, making the good stuff out there and a delightful human being. Um, yep. So let's get on with finding more out about Stacks Effects. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a gorgeous pedal. I'm going to go on about this because it is it is truly handsome. Um, this is one of those uh, pedals where you go like, okay, I, I just want to play around. I just want to keep playing with this, uh, playing it and playing with it because you have created a, 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 an overdrive pedal, and it's called a Zenior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to explain that real quick? Well, it's 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 actually a, just something I used to call, a, well, still call my cat. 
I don't know <laughs> why it started, where I got it from. Um, and then a, and then a couple of guys at work, we just started calling that. We just started saying that to each other, like as like dude or whatever, like senor, like I don't know. And then when I was trying to think of a name, it's like, well, that just seems very fitting for some reason. I like it. I like it. Um, and there's no other pedals called the Zenor, right? No, I actually look it up now because uh, it was one time where I was about to release something and it had, I, there was already something with that name. And I was like, oh, this is something I should check from now on. So I definitely do a, a deep, you know, Google dive, make sure no one's made anything called that. So nothing named Zenor, actually. So. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> well, now there is, doggone it. Uh, now, let's uh, let's discuss the the pedal real quick here because this is the this is somewhat the star of the show. Then we do want to find out a little bit about how uh, this came about. Um, mm -hmm. So, what is the genesis of this pedal? Um, knowing ahead of time, for those that might be haven't seen it yet, this is a highly versatile overdrive and that seems to be the keystone of like what this is about yep yeah so it's um it's uh i would maybe closely like well it's it has a couple things going on there's a it's got a you know a clean like a blend for your clean signal and the overdrive path so the overdrive path, I would say, is probably closest to something like uh, something like a Timmy, or, I mean, it's not very tube screamerish at all. Yeah, I would. For, I'd, I'd agree with that. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't catch any, uh, oh, you know, tube screamer overtones. You know. It was, yeah. It was a little more woody and. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you might you might easily jump to that because there is. Um, well, one of the most prominent things on is you have a mid control, mm -hmm. um, and it's not just more, more mid, less mid. You didn't treat the the you got um, your tone controls. Talk about those real quick. Let's do that. Yeah. So typically, uh, um, you know, when uh, they're designing, well, when someone is designing an overdrive, they'll they'll pick certain values and kind of commit to it. You know, mm -hmm. when they're voicing their pedal. Mm -hmm. So. Um, what I did is uh, I used uh, a wide range, gave gave kind of each stage a wide range of uh, control, but allowed you to dial in between the extremes and uh, say the it's say oh man this is, how am I going to explain this like the way the bass control works uh -huh. it's actually controlling how much bass you're distorting how much of the low frequencies you're allowing to be clipped. Into the, the op amp. Yeah. Yeah. So typically how that's done is there's two caps going to either ground or reference voltage off of the feedback loop. So I just have two, instead of voicing it with a single cap and resistor network, however you, one would decide to do it, I just, I, I used caps with uh, two caps of a bigger value and a smaller value and just put a resistor between them so you could kind of decide how much of the base you're going to be distorting or overdriving. Now, for those but that may not be familiar with what a cap is. It's a capacitor. Okay. 
Thank yeah. You. And then, um, and those who may not be familiar with what a resistor is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I don't know. <laughs> then stay the hell out of the pedal. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, let's just touch on that for a second because I know you know we get new listeners all the time of varying degrees. Um, mm-hmm. Can you, um, in in uh, primary terms, explain what a resistor does? Well, a resistor in basic terms is just going to add resistance to a signal. If you have a, a level that's a, a signal that's a certain level, you put it through a resistor, you're going to be cutting it by however large that resistor is. Mm-hmm. You know, ten, you know, uh, they use resistors in stages of circuits to couple stages together, right? Yeah, like bending a, a hose, a garden yeah, hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just think of a signal flow like a hose, you know. Yeah. You, you Either the hose is going to be, you know, uh, let's say, uh, oh, man. It's just going to reduce the flow a little bit. Yeah. It can be wide open or it can yeah. be clamped down. Yeah. And yeah. a capacitor? A capacitor is something that's going to be more like, uh, think of it like a, a tank that's going to, like a reservoir that's going to hold like uh, water in between a line. So something that is going to actually store actual, it actually stores voltage, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they're used in different ways depending on how you use them. You can use them. They're also used to couple signal paths, and then uh, they're also used for tone shaping. Like I said, those caps going to ground off the feedback loop that decide how much bass you want to distort. You can also use them to cut high end by putting the cap in your signal path and that cap going to ground in uh, in series, then cuts high end. Mm-hmm. You can use them for multiple things. Mm-hmm. And so what you've done here, like well, we're talking about the Thank base, you for the that, ba- by the way. The base control oh. is you've inserted, instead of a fixed resistor value, you've put in a potentiometer, which is basically a variable resistor. So you, know, you, yeah. can, ch- you can change you know, how much or how little of the, of the base is going into the distortion circuit. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's, that's, that's similar to... Well, basically, how the the Timmy would have has its base control wired up, mm-hmm. but it's a little different. But it's the same idea. Um, I think it's also kind of neat. You didn't, you know, they're just not numbered or anything, which would imply that you just get more or less of. But yes, you you showed how the 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 actual you know the body, the drive body looks kind of like a shelf. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, uh, going to the the high end of that, or go, or or on the low end of that. Um, so you you actually made some kind of nice little diagrams to help visualize exactly what's happening. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate I just, that. Uh, just make it easier. Um, I mean, I've had pedals that don't even tell you what it is. It's like a picture or some real some weird word or something like right? an orange amp yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what does that picture mean yeah um i'm gonna we also have a volume knob duh mm-hmm. <laughs> a drive knob duh but ooh la la a blend knob that's a nice touch dry or wet around there i i really mm. love blend knobs i think they're fun um it's. I think it's one of the most versatile things to get a sound that you want that doesn't just sound like whatever the pedal has to offer. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's in overdrive, it's a it's a. I think it's a, a great way to get an overdriven sound, but still, uh, if you if you kind of hold back on it, it, it makes 
I think it makes the 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 your picking a lot more prominent. Um, it, it can yeah. It can, adds clarity. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm trying to struggle. I'm struggling. What am I saying? It just the dynamics of the picking tend to come out a little bit if yeah. if that's something that you like. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyways. Right. Yeah. Cool stuff. And then over on the far right hand side of your um, tone menu, I think they call it on the streets. <laughs> uh, it's I love mini toggles too, and I was not let down with this one. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so those are uh, what picks uh, the clipping, kind of the flavors of drive you're getting. And um, so the top have, one, the top one you choose between uh, either a MOSFET or a or a germanium. And what is the middle position? That's just straight up op amp. Yeah. So okay. it's just no diodes at all. Oh, no so, diodes. Okay. Yeah. And then the lower switch. Uh, switches or toggles between uh, asymmetrical and symmetrical. Can you explain that a little bit so, you know, so people can kind of get an idea? Yeah, of course. So um, different pedals uh, will have either symmetrical or asymmetrical. Like a Tube Screamer has symmetrical clipping. Mm -hmm. That means what it's doing to the sound wave is it's clipping it evenly at the well, you know, when you imagine a, a sound wave, the way you would see it, like on an audio analyzer, you got the troughs, right, up and down. So when you're clipping, you're partially clipping the tops and bottoms of those troughs. So if you're symmetrically clipping, you're going to be clipping just as much from the top and the bottom of the, of the signal. If you're asymmetrically clipping, you're going to be cutting more of the signal on the top than the bottom or vice versa. So the clipping is asymmetrical. Right. Okay. Now, let's talk about that really quick because I, I will see that a lot in uh, like rat clones and stuff like that where mm -hmm. that, that is an option. Um, and when people, this kind of goes to that sunset thing that I was telling you, talking about, right? Maybe a little bit where I felt mm -hmm. it was just so, it was almost like too smooth. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we like about analog things is that they're not perfect. They don't sound perfect. They're not, they're not so prescribed. Right, um, right. And especially when it comes to distortion, the reason, one of the big reasons that we like distortion is that it is, we can't necessarily hear, oh, that's not symmetrical when it's doing like that. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of the thing we like. Mm -hmm. And I don't, uh, to me, it's like, well, I'm almost given the option to not have the thing that I like. That's that's a weird. That's a mental thing for me. When I see symmetrical clipping, I automatically say no. But yeah. I, I know that that's not fair to the symmetrical clipping of, of the world. I'm sorry, symmetrical clipping. Well, some people like symmetrical. Some people clipping. do. I just yeah. personally am like no. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I myself am love prefer the asymmetrical because it's it, asymmetrical is more on par to how a tube amp breaks up, it's more asymmetrical, mm. like the way a, a tube is clipping the signal. Mm -hmm. but so it most sounds more amp-like. Most importantly is the combination it w by which you are configuring these things, because that's where you just you get so many different sounds out of this. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got six different positions 
I don't know. Do the math on that. What's the square root of that? Uh, there's 175 different tone options. Is there really? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I just, it's got to be kind of an astro- a way bigger number than we might think, though. It, well, it would be it just uh, with is the, it six the factorial, six times five times three times what? six times five times four times three times two times one. It Isn't it not, a factorial? What did you just do? Is that math? Uh, yeah, math is. <laughs> it's called a factorial. Look it up. That's amazing. That sounds like math. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Whatever you just did. Um, now, hey, I got a question for you. So um, the MOSFET and the germanium, those are two things that we hear about all the time. Mm-hmm. Give, us a, give us a little uh, um, wine taster's note about what we might be expecting <laughs> if you were to uh, say, mm, uh, MOSFET versus uh, the germanium. Yeah, so um, to me, the MOSFET is uh, it's using two MOSFET uh, it's using the protection diodes inside the the MOSFET transistors to clip, but that has a more to me that has a more of an edge to it. The sound it's a little more aggressive mm-hmm. versus the germanium, which is using germanium diodes. And I don't want to make it sound like they're magic diodes, but it's the ones you would put in a clon. And it's a it's a softer sound. It's a little more delicate. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it right away, especially if you dime the gain. It'll really show you the the difference and the characteristics in the sound. One is going to be a little more, uh, like I said, uh, it's going to have more of an edge to it, a little more, a little brighter even. Yep. And uh, germanium tends to be a little more uh, smooth. Yeah. And uh, it, it it kind of you know similar to what a, a germanium and a silicon fuzz difference would be. You compare those tra- types of transistors, you know, one's smoother, one's a little more brash. Right. So if you had like, uh, you got your your sweet old sunburst telly and your flat brim hat and you, you got your little tweed amp and you're going to want to, you're going to want to put it on symmetric and germanium and just, and shake the neck and you're going to be in heaven, right? I think you'd want asymmetric. Why? Why? Well, that's the beauty. You can flip around. Well, I'm just saying, like for that really, like that super sweet, smooth oh, telly sound. Oh, for the super, super oh, yeah. bitey thing. Yeah. Is what you're going for? Super sweet sound. Bitey. Yeah. Germanium, and the symmetrical yeah. is going to give you like that smoother, sweeter oh, sound. Oh no, I think you should put it over on the other oh, side. What are you talking about? And then get it just so people. <laughs> that's what. So people's ears start to bleed when oh, you play. Yeah, that's no, that's that's what I do. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, it's just it's just really it's cool because you can you can have this so many ways. It's like a it's the whopper of of uh, pedals. The ha- you know like a hamburger. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it has less less switches than a Chase Bliss pedal. It does far less. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do they all come in gold here? Actually, no. I've been doing this thing where I I, I make every batch a different color. So the batch I just finished up is uh is like a kind of like a slate blue enclosure uh-huh with uh with the same black uh control plate on top. Right. It's uh well this one is gold and I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Uh Yeah, I love the gold. Now I did want to know one thing and and maybe this is something that I personally just don't necessarily understand that uh, that that there would be this much difference between uh mosfet and germanium um but the germanium was significantly lower in volume 
Yeah, that's because it's it's uh, it's clipping more of your signal, which is uh, um, decreasing volume and adding compression, and that's uh, it's just it's a characteristic of that particular diode. It does cut more volume, but you it'd just be something you would have to make up with uh, with the volume. Master volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, and just uh, you know, in case anybody gets this and goes, oh, "This thing's broken. It's not the same volume." <laughs> yeah. Um, like uh, somebody like me might say if I didn't know any better. So, uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, now aside from the Zenior, which they're going to be sold out by the time we get done with this, uh, what's uh, what what else do you what what do you have cooking out there? Well, I do have a couple other pedals I make. I make like a little, uh, sorry, I think this, I think I've got a drummer starting up in the room next to me or something. But, uh, <laughs> a drummer or a motorcycle? What is that? <laughs> I know. Sounds like he's double bassing the weather already. But um, yeah, I make like this little box. It's a, uh, it does like six different functions. It's a blender, it's a booster, a buffer. And a splitter, so you can use it to just be a buffer for your signal. Uh huh. You can use it as a booster. It has 40 dB of boost if you just want to boost your signal. Wow. It has a blending function, so it has a send and return loop. So you can uh, stick a pedal in there. That say you want to put a bass through a big muff. You know, big muff doesn't have a blend knob. Well, you can use this little pedal to blend in as much or or less if, as you want of that wet signal. So this this little box just has two knobs. It has a, a boost knob. When it's all the way down, it's it's buffering. As you turn it up, it boosts. And there's also another knob that's the blend knob between dry and wet. So it could blend, and it could also be a splitter. Say you go to the input, and then you can come out of the output and the send. So if you want to go into two different amps, mm -hmm. you could use this little box to do that. And it also has a, a phase split. Uh, sorry, a phase reverse on the send. So if you have uh, two amps that are in different phase from each other, you, you can flip that so you know the phase is correct. And, um, and also that could be, uh, say, if you like to record two different amps at the same time in the same room, sometimes uh, people do that, but they don't realize that amps are out of phase. So you could use this box to correct it in the room so you don't have issues later. And it's also, uh, it could be used as a mixer. You can come into the input, bring another signal into the return, and use the, the wet dry blend as a, as a balance between the input and the return. And then you can use your, the boost as your output volume. So it's a cool little box. Well, I think what's, what's <clears throat> nice about it is, you know, because I think we've talked many times on the show about a lot of guitar players like to use two different amps. And yeah. to be able to get the signal to go, you know, to two different amps, you do need some sort of buffer amp or something like that, so that you know you're not yeah. not really dragging on the on the signal. So that I, th I think what you what you've done yeah. here is is really cool, and it's it's called the worm, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the worm. I feel like it tends to confuse people because they're not sure what it is. But um, the answer is yes to that. <laughs> what is it? Yes. <laughs> well, it just says right there, blender, buffer, booster, splitter. Yeah. And it does it all. Uh, you also have, um, well, you got a bunch of other really great pedals, which I encourage everybody to get to the website and, and, and check these out. Uh, there's a dual boost called the, the little guy, the dual little guy, which is really uh, very cool. And also an extremely handsome 
uh, stolen horse distortion, which I'm uh, very, yeah. very, I love the design of that pedal. That's a, that's a brutal one, that one. It is. Is it? Yeah. That's a question. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, when I made that one, I was totally uh, going for that kind of thrash sound that I remember from when I was younger. You know, when I first started playing guitar, that's all I was listening to. So I kind of wanted to get that sound in a pedal. Right. And um, it took me a little while, but it's it's pretty cool. I love that thing. It's just, uh, I mean, I don't use it in my band because it's not, uh, it's too aggressive for what we play. But it's something I have on my board just because it's fun to play. Like get those big, huge riffs and like big wall of sound kind of stuff. It's it's funny because it sounds like like every person who is playing any kind of country or Nashville style music would be like, I want that pedal. Oh right, right, because of the it just well because it horse. just looks like it. It's like it's <laughs> like I got a like an old painted horse on it, and it's yeah. just it's cool looking. I dig it. And a horseshoe on the bottom. And well, no, that's not a horseshoe. Is that a horseshoe or is it an Omega? Or an ohm. It's an omega. It's an, yeah, it's an ohm. Ohm's uh, omega. That that pedal is part of a a different series I make called ohms pedals. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that by by horseshoe yeah. I meant uh, uh, the not o- horseshoe. The ohm symbol. Yes. The ohm symbol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Todd. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we need to know. Uh, obviously, you've got great stuff. But I think getting to know a little bit about you before we uh, motor on our way, um, wh- what was your genesis like uh, into music? Like, what was, the, what was the thing that got you going, man? Well, let me see. Well, when I was um, younger, uh, I was just kind of listening to whatever was on the radio, right? And then uh, I had a neighbor that kind of introduced me to funk. So he gave me crates and crates of records and... That was just all like Brothers Johnson, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I was super into bass. I didn't play bass, but I loved the sound of it. And then um, later I started skateboarding. And then um, I got into like hardcore music, you know, like uh, metal and thrash. And we had a pretty pretty active hardcore scene in where I grew up. So it was was a lot of shows to go to. It was in in, in, uh, Oxnard, California. I know. And you're in Cal- you're in Long Beach now, which is my hometown. Yep, I'm in Long Beach now. Been here for almost 15 years. Cool. But um, yeah, I grew up in Oxnard. There was a huge hardcore scene there. And um, my few my first real show was uh, I went to go see uh, Bane and Poison the Well and I think what were they called? Uh, Hatebreed at the Ventura Theater. Oh, Hatebreed, yeah. And I remember just like that moment, like I had like this huge adrenaline rush and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I want to make those sounds. So that's when uh, I became uh, obsessed with playing guitar. And then that's all I did like day and night. And electronics was like a, a different start. That was like something I always messed with since I was a kid. Like I would take my parents' stuff apart and uh, eventually learn how to put it back together. Like their microwave. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't TV, do that at home, kids. By the way, dryer, don't don't do that. <laughs> phones, everything. But um, yeah. And then uh, once I started playing music, uh, I wanted to experiment with uh, different pickups and stuff. And then the prices for uh, getting that done were just crazy for me at that time. So I learned how to solder and how to do basic things on my on my gear. 
And then uh, slowly I started learning how to mod stuff. And um, I started modding like uh, DL4s, Line 6 DL4s. Yeah. Uh, with uh, like extra presets and uh, instant looper mode things. And if there's one thing that that needs is more things. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, well done. <laughs> and then uh, from there, I actually worked for uh, a different pedal company for a couple of years. Oh, yeah? Um, um, I don't know if I should say it, but... Uh, you can say it, and uh, if I need to erase it, you can tell me. Well, they're not a company anymore, so I don't think it matters. Oh. It was for uh, Full Tone. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> uh, I can understand why you're right. Yeah, I won't. I won't say much about it, but I made a lot of their, a lot of their pedals. Uh, I worked from home making their stuff, mm-hmm. and then I would just you know bring it over when it was all built. But um, I worked for them for a while, and then eventually I ended up leaving uh, that job, and then that's when I started uh, my own thing, like officially. Like uh, my friends already called me Stacks, so I was like, oh well, Stacks Effects. Like I didn't really want to think about it too much. Just go. You know, just start doing something. I started doing my own thing, and uh, I started making... Uh, the first things I started with were, like, boosts, and I was doing, like, uh, derivatives of big muffs, stuff like that. And then um, I was always playing in bands. I was, like... When I first started Stacks, I was, like, in five bands. It was insane. Yeah, I started uh, slowly, little by little, uh, making more of my... Um, own original things as I was learning uh, the craft more and um, um, electronics more. Like I always knew basic electronics, but kind of was getting more in depth uh, with you know with things I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know how to do, so I just you know did a ton of research. You know, YouTube by this point was full of tutorials on everything, so I just you know watched every video I could. I read every book I could. I made uh, friends with uh, techs and, uh, you know, they gave me material to read. And um, little by little, you know, I just was able to make, uh, you know, what I thought was cooler and cooler stuff. And then uh, eventually started making amps once I uh, started being afraid of working with high voltage. And um, so I've, I've made a couple of amps at this point, maybe around 10 or 15. Not oh, too whoa, many. that's more than a couple, man. <laughs> well... Yeah, it's, I'm not it's sure a, if you're familiar with math. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's um, but each one is, I feel like, is just a little significantly better. As I, you know, I'm 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 working with like high school woodshop skills, so I'm like trying to kind of learn the best way to still do the the cabinet and all of that stuff. But, right, um, but but let's clarify: you are not doing high school electronic skills. This is no. <laughs> this is a really really great build, everybody. Yeah. So my main thing was always uh, I was trying to uh, you know just take lessons from uh, the guys that I read about, like obviously like uh, Alexander Dumbbell and uh, Ken Fisher, like all those guys. They have tons of literature and you know stuff and. You can, uh, and you can learn a lot just about, you know, just by, once you learn how to read schematics, obviously you just, you can stare at a schematic for hours and listen to the amps and kind of figure out how it's doing this, how it's doing that, how did they do this or how are they doing that? But, um, it's all just, uh, it's all just, um, you know, R and D, like you build yourself a prototype and you just experiment 
and you change things. And sometimes things happen by accident and you're like, whoa, this thing sounds insane right now. I don't need this sound right now, but I'm going to take notes and remember that for later you know, or something. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's always, there's always like happy little experiments and uh, results. And then sometimes it's not at all what it should be, you know, on, on paper. And that's kind of where like the art of it comes in, you know, like it, there's so many things that you have to pay attention to for something to sound a certain way. Like even just the proximity of the components to each other makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So those are all little things that I just, uh, I try to pay attention to, you know, I'm not like a, a snobby guy or a purist or anything like that, but I just try to do the things that I know will work the best they can and then go from there and just experiment. And then, um, well, that's usually where I end up with something cool. What's, uh, what's one of the most valuable lessons you've learned as a builder? Oh man. Um, I shouldn't, let me qualify that. It doesn't have to be a, uh, a lesson on how to do something. It could just be like, what's something that, you know, made an impact. You're like, oof, this is important. Right. Um, well, Funny enough, I used to I used to work at a Rode microphones for a while, and uh, the head tech there was an amp guy too. Ah, and um, I was having uh, a lot of issues with my with uh, my pedals uh, being really noisy at the time, and there was a lot of things that I wasn't thinking of or knew about when it comes to proper power filtering for for uh, a circuit. Like, because everything is amplified, the amplification is coming from the voltage, right? The voltage is converted into, uh, into signal. But that voltage needs to be clean because of that voltage that it's drawing from to create the amplification isn't good. You're just amplifying bad signal or, you know, bad power. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think that was the, the biggest thing for me was... Uh, learning how to properly uh, filter and uh, decouple power stages. That was like the biggest thing for me because I always knew everything needs power. Oh, it just needs the power. Like just give it power. But it's like you need to condition that power in order to make it as most, uh, you know, the best it could be for your, especially if you're doing audio circuits. Mm -hmm. uh, any little noise can be introduced by not doing that correctly. And I always just wrote it off as like, whatever, it's a dirt pedal, it's noisy, like it doesn't matter. But you know, the little things you learn over time that just make a difference that, I don't know, that you don't really think about unless someone tells you. Yeah. Well, it is nice when you plug in a pedal that does, that is a drive and, uh, and it, it doesn't just sound like, you know, yeah. I'm on. Um, or sometimes uh, when you go and like say you use a dirty a dirt pedal into a dirty amp, it like it it introduces a ton of noise if the power is not done right. Yeah, and that's how I found out that I was having that issue. I was trying to go and driving into already dirty amps, but I was like, this sounds not this doesn't sound right, you know. Yeah. Uh, I thanks for sharing that. I think you know we do have a lot of uh, people who are building either professionally, semi-professionally, or just hobbyists. And um, I, I think it's always keen to share things, you know, like what's what's the thing that you kind of learn that you are, uh, apply on a daily basis with the, your, your passion or your craft? 
Hmm. I think, um, well, I think a lot, uh, I'm sort of a perfectionist when it comes to certain things. I try not to be like, I really try not to be. Um, I feel like, uh, like something, whenever I build something, it always, I always try really hard to make it look good, even though it doesn't really matter, you know, like. It does matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm always like, some people might never open this thing, but if you do, like, it has to look good. Like the same for the amps, right? They don't have, unless they're going to recap it 15, 20 years from now. There's no reason to open it, but unless you're me and you open it immediately, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm really glad you did, because I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like you actually looked at the, uh, the guts. It's yeah, man. It's like looking at a car. It's like you got braided lines in there. You got yeah. all gold components. <laughs> I'm like, heck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and there's a lot of really, you know, there's a lot of companies that are paying attention to that stuff and it's really cool like you know you guys know the r2r electronic oh guy. yeah yeah like, he's been on a couple shows freaking unbelievable yeah like uh that guy and then uh bryce from paperboy pedals that guy's work is phenomenal too he does yeah. all point-to-point -point stuff uh um, you should check him out his name is bryce nickel he runs uh paperboy pedals he I'll makes have to check awesome that out. Stuff. i'm not actually familiar with paperboy um we uh in the in the land of point to point uh so to speak i guess or the the floating the the the, the floating guts yeah as yeah. i try to explain that um yeah, yeah we, i have a couple of his pedals and they're all freaking awesome yeah um we've got reeves electro who's been on in the past and uh he's, oh, yeah. he's gonna be on in a couple weeks very excited about yeah. that yeah it's just very super cool. nice guy too holy mm -hmm. mackerel is is great to talk it's like, to. It's like sculpture. It really is. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. He's uh his stuff is freaking phenomenal. It's very unique. You know, um I never I've never spoken to him or anything, but I I've, I've been following him for for quite a while. He's yeah. a very approachable um and and really down to earth dude. So, yeah. Yeah, I got hey. to reach out to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Reeves, <laughs> uh, don't I, talk to me, Todd. <laughs> no, no uh, he's he's great, and um, we're very excited because his uh, the show that is going to be revealing uh, something new coming out of out of his shop. So it's going to be super exciting. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but cool. um, I I'm able to catch him every once in a while, and we we have a little video chat, and it's just it's great to see somebody that you share uh, things that you you know whomever that might be. Uh, that you you share a passion about things with and uh, can get on really well. So yep. we appreciate yep. him and everybody else is doing the good stuff out there, including you, man. Thank uh, you. We yes. really appreciate that you've brought something new to the table that we can all enjoy. Uh, thank you. Again, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Tony, we got uh, we got one more thing for Mr. Miguel to uh, deal with here. It's the very fabulous part of the show. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's favorite part of the show, apparently, I'm told. Yeah, yes, especially Jared's. Uh, where we hop in the El Camino. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We're hopping in right now. Yes. <laughs> We're going to jump in mile 68. <laughs> very nice. No, With the jump, jump seats in the back. 66. So, yeah. So there's room yeah. for you, Miguel. You can jump in the back. Perfect. Right. I'm driving, though. And then we're going to drive down to Nashville and see our good friend Jared. 
relaxing on his deck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a beer at him. But anyhow, this part of the show is a little ditty we call a Would You Rather. Mm. That's the short one. Short yeah. version. That is, yeah, that was that was pretty tame. But that's what okay. you we'll want. Go. You want better? <laughs> Just, yeah, whatever. You want better? I don't think you can. Uh, what are you saying? I don't think you can do it better. Oh. You're saying I can't do better? <clears throat> I think it's about to. Would you rather? Little pitchy dog. All right, get to it. All righty. <laughs> so this week's Would You Rather is brought to us by our good friend Bruce Bacon. Ah, oh, Bruce to the rescue. Bruce Bacon. I'm hungry. Every time I, I Bruce. I, every time I say that, I, I just get hungry. Well, Bruce says Todd. Yes. Meaning Todd and Tony. Yes. Uh, That's a given. <laughs> while we have everyone in Vox headspace. Yes, and for uh, for your edification, Miguel, um, we, uh, in case you or someone else hasn't heard it, um, we just did a Vox 101 show. So we, we all things Vox we covered. All things Vox. All right. Vox amps. Nice. So here is, here is Bruce's uh, Would You Rather. You're walking down the street and you see a Ma and Pa music store that has two Vox clones in the front window. You think to yourself, oh, this will give me a chance to test drive these side by side and see what I like. You take one step toward the door and whoosh. Oh, my. Your spirit guide appears. Oh. It's the ghost of Frank Zappa. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's there. Was he a Vox guy? Can I? Can okay, I sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I continue? Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, come on, Todd. Okay. So here's what Frank has to say. He says, uh, decelerate, my compadre. I know you want to try these amps out, but, uh, like, what if I could save you some funds? I'll gladly pay the ma and pa for the amp you choose, man, but uh, you cannot try them out. No. Your Uncle Frankie, that's me, he played a Super Beetle with two Marshalls, so, like, there's no wrong choice, my six-string friend. Perfect. So here's what it is in the window. There's two amps. You're choosing between a, a Henry SRT plus head. We've had Henry on the show. Yes. And a Morgan dual 20 head. We're applying the Tony Dudzik rule. That's me. Which means you're getting a matching 2 by 10 cabinet loaded with vintage Celestian Alnico speakers that Tony, me, is personally choosing. And he, Bruce warns, he says, be nice to Tony because he could pick one with a blown voice coil. No, you don't want that, man. No, you just definitely <laughs> don't want that. Not especially with these 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 amps. They're pretty nice. So let's talk a little bit about the amps of your choices. So there's the Henry SRT Plus Head. Episode 114. Yes, thank you. It is based off an obscure Vox AC10 SRT Super Reverb Twin. Mm-hmm. And popularized on the Doug and Pat show. Yes. Doug and Pat. Doug and Pat. My, my, and Frank. And Frank. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a single channel amp that has an original clean, low-cut switch. Volume, tone, tremolo speed, and depth. Rever reverb dwell and mix knobs. 
And to make things equal, let's throw in the power reduction circuit too. Ooh. Okay. That is a that's a power powerful uh, cool. bit of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Henry makes some mighty fine stuff and uh, does a lot of really cool aesthetics to it too. Absolutely, he does. Option two, it's the Morgan Dual Twenty head. And now the Morgan Dual 20 is an AC30 style amp with switchable top boost and normal channels, of course. It includes variable power. Normal channel has volume treble switch and bass switch. So you have, uh, I guess, some ability to kind of contour your your things. Which, which model is that one more time? It's the Morgan Dual 20. The Dual 20. The Dual 20. The Dual 20. And uh, the top boost channel has volume, bass, and treble knobs. Then there is a global oh. switch to reduce the high frequencies, the cut switch, yeah. which also appears on the Zenior. Mm-hmm. So what you going to choose? Okay. Well, Tony, yes. you're always first. Thank you. Then we're going to check in with Miguel. Well, out of these two, I think... Uh, Gosh, I, I think I'm going to go with the Morgan because mm. it is probably the closest to, you know, the AC30 circuitry. The other amp is really cool that, you know, it's based off the AC10 SRT. And you've got some, you know, you've got reverb and you've got the trem circuit, which is pretty cool. Um, but I'm I'm just, I mean, I, I just love the sound of an AC30. And yep. in my case, I have an AC-15 because my AC-30 was just too loud. I mean, it was, and it was too heavy. Uh-huh. And, and yep. so this, I think, I think you're getting the, the, the sound out of the Morgan that's going to be probably closer to the AC-30. Okay. So that's my choice. All right. And Miguel, what are you doing? Well, I think, I mean, I've never really... Uh, seen the henry amplification stuff too much but it does look really cool but um i have used the morgan stuff and i love their kind of build aesthetic and the the way they build their their amps and uh i think it's closer to ac30s that i've played because i had a a dc30 for a while Mm. and uh that cut control is very useful yeah, especially think, especially when you're getting up in the uh, louder volumes. You, yeah, and you got like a Strat or a Tele plugged in. Like it's it's pretty essential to not you know get those highs that are taking your head off. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I'd have to go with the Morgan also. All right, I'm gonna go with the Henry. Uh, for well, we've had him on the show, and I really appreciated how he talked about his builds and. Not having played either of those two, I still haven't played a Henry yet. Um, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that path. I think some of the things that you mentioned that is, that are on the SRT uh, sounded very intriguing to me. So I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna pick out the blown speaker cabinet for you. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. So there. Gotcha. I like it. Well, thank you, Bruce. That was fun. Because yes. those are two great amps. Absolutely. That's no that's doubt about re- it. Actually, very difficult to choose from. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, you know, it's fifty 
50%, 51% or 49%, uh, you could go either way on that. Oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. So, or, or just get both. Get both. Uh, Frank's foot in the bill. Yeah, exactly. So, Miguel, um, we need to say thanks to a few people, and then we're going to send you on your merry way to go make some music, okay? Sir. That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, Miguel's probably wondering, what is this executive producer? Well, Miguel, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? Well, you go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron of the podcast, mm. and help us make this show possible. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts, and I do mean very nice things. Todd is always sending out nice thank you gifts. I'm trying, and the more stuff that uh, we get, uh, the more stuff we try to move. That so, is correct. Yes. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. Jared, what is that? Get to have your name read on the thing. That's right. You get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterley, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But wait, Todd, there's more. Oh, because right. there's a special, special group of executive producers. We call them our Grand Poobas. These fine people. I hear they're on tour for the summer. They're actually uh, in a caravan of orange Winnebago's. Yes, they're yes. doing that. And they are, the band's name is called uh, Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. What? Bah. Winnie the Pooh Bah. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. Okay, there you go. Because they're in that's Winnebago's. Really good. They're in that's, Winnebago's. That's pretty fast, Tony. <laughs> well, You're not so fast usually. Well, you know, sometimes those gears turn, and other times I just yes. fall into it. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. So special thanks. The Winnie the Pooh's. Oh, boy. Winnie okay, go ahead. Bahs. Yes. Uh, so special, special thanks to these Grand Poobas on tour now. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga. Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Marikishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, and Matt Hart. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all Thank so you. very, Thank very you. much. We truly appreciate you, and we could not do the show without your help. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Miguel, 
Yes, Where can sir. people get a hold of you to get your awesome pedals? Yeah, you can go over to stackseffects.com. I have uh, all my pedals uh, that are in stock available there. Or uh, you could also follow me on Instagram. I usually post pretty often of whatever I'm working on or any new stuff or what have you. Um, but yeah, you can find me on those uh, those two things pretty easily. Great. And Tony? Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do, things I have you can buy online. But mostly what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do, and I will take very good care of you. That is correct. Uh, you can shoot me an email, ToddAtTheGuitarKnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at, at GuitarKnobs. Um, love to hear you, would you rathers. Also, uh, please, if you have a an HX Stomp or other uh, similar uh, kind of multi-effects unit and you need to protect those knobs and you need to go over to flinteffects.com and get a stomper okay get that thing on your machine protect your knobs protect your knobs um, also be on the lookout Valentino's got new music out should be dropping from uh, Spotify by the time this comes out I'm crossing my fingers but we're getting lots of radio play and we're so grateful to the DJs at CD 92.9 here in Columbus hey speaking of CD 2 yeah. CD 92.9 you know what I heard on the way in today what's that the buzzcocks ever fallen in love why is that? That's great. I know. It's a great song. It's but, a great song. But you never hear it. No. You never hear it. I am appreciative of that. So well, thanks, CD92.9. Yeah. yeah. That might have actually been Tom, because he's on from 3 to 7 this week. I don't know. Yeah. Talking to him on Thursday, so I'll, I'll point that out to him. Yes. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we need to give Mr. Stax Effects, Miguel, <laughs> a huge thank you for... A, for making great stuff yes. and for being on our show yes. and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much, Miguel. Hey, thank you, guys. It's very nice to have me on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a fantastic guitar week. And subscribe! Yeah. He's the uh, runner-up of Miss uh, Miss Youngstown uh, <laughs> Polska Kielbasa Festival. The eating, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I eat more kielbasa than any other person. Man. <laughs> Miguel. Hey, Todd. How you doing? Oh, man, you sound fresh. Fresh. <laughs> Let me know if my... Fresh. Lots of experience. Yes. Well, yeah, you train and you train. And <laughs> train oh, some he's more. trained. <laughs> he's trained. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool that you found that. Yeah. Oh, man. What are you, a psychiatrist or something? What's with his voice? How does that make you feel? Tell me more about your childhood. Tell me. Stop the hat to Thomas Dolby right yes. there. Yes. Oh, boy. It's me, Clem Fandango. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever uh, watch uh, Toast, Toast of London? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with it, actually. Oh, man. You like fun, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where he said, yeah, I went from like 100, or no, 50 a week to 400 a month. No. Oh, my God. Was I right? That is 400 a month, 50 a week. No. It was 50 a month. Maybe in, your, four, in your foreign two, math. 50 a month. What? Half of that. He was doing two, about 50 a week. Man, I'm so bad yeah. at math. And then he, I thought he said. 400 a week? 400 a week. Times. Oh, oh wow. I got that really messed up then. Yeah, because it was like. It I was, did do it bad was, math on that. It was. All right. Cool. Well, just wing it. You yeah, see, you seem like good. a wing it kind of guy. Yeah, you know, I work well under pressure. So. Yeah. Do you want to eat? Yes. 
When? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Why are Where? <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> and we've quoted it so many times. <laughs> and it's most fun to quote when people aren't even looking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> yes! <Awesome>. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't rhyme at all. Go I was back. winging it. Yeah, go back. Yeah. Hey, I'm just winging it. Go man. back to. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool when when Miguel wings it. It's less cool when you wing it. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.